From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Diego from Globify. Diego, it's really nice to have you on. Yes. How are you doing, Brad? Thanks so much for having me. I'm great. How about you this morning? Doing fine too, man. Thanks. That's awesome. But to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about your company as well as yourself and who you are and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so I'm Diego Sampaio. I'm CEO at Globalfy. And at Globalfy, we help founders from outside the U.S. to incorporate, so to establish a business in the country and to manage it from abroad. So we go from the business formation, the accounting tax, and we provide a business bank account, all integrated in one platform. I'm based here in Orlando, Florida, but I'm, I was born in Brazil and I moved to the U.S. in 2014. Nice. I love it. So what's your story? Like, how did you get into this and decide I'm going to build a business in this space? Nice. So I've been an entrepreneur for, I mean, since I was 16 years old. And in 2012, I established my first company in the U.S. because I was based in Brazil and I wanted to sell my my services, my SaaS, to other countries. And that was pretty hard to do that based on an entity from Brazil. So I Google it, I found an account in the US, I established my company here. But later on, like when I decided to move to the country, I figured out that the company was dissolved by the state. We were owning taxes to the IRS because I didn't know what to do. Nobody was providing assistance to myself. So I thought, look, if I had those challenges, maybe other foreign entrepreneurs, they have the same challenges. So we created a blog. We started posting about establishing a business in the US, how was the process? We started getting traction. And then people started asking us if you could help them to register the company here. And then we created a company combo. That was the name of the company at the time, 2015, that later on became Global Five. So from I, I ended getting into this business to solve a problem that I had and that I was able to validate with other entrepreneurs that they had the same challenges. Therefore, we created the company and fast forward eight years, we have right now over 7,000 customers from 85 different countries and over 80 team members. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. So what's that journey of growing the company look like? What sort of tactics and strategies did you use to get the initial customers and then, wow, get it to 7,000 and all that? Like, How has that gone and what are some lessons learned in that process? Since day one, we use a lot of content to be able to grow our customer base. One of our main pillars is to provide guidance and to provide information. We understand that for a foreign entrepreneur to start a business in the US, the first step that they got to do is feel confident about doing that. It's they think that they already know enough to be able to give that first step and jump into a completely different business scenario. So we always provide information. So since the first day, since the day one, we record a lot of videos regarding setup their company in the US, LLCs, corporation, tax, and so on. We have a lot of articles. Uh, so we use a lot of Google organic traffic to be able to drive our growth too. So I would say that for the last eight years, what drove the largest growth for us was always providing guidance. So providing content that would make our customers comfortable of giving, uh, of making the, fir- the first moves to establish their business in the U.S. I love that. And then in terms of that content, it sounds like you've done some blog articles, video content. What are the key 
pillars of like content and how do you decide and like this is what our content the framework it's going to be based on sure i would say that on the early days when it was just myself and another myself my co-founder another one or two people the team it was more on the feeling of what were the main questions that we had when we started so we would try to create customer journey and see what are the main questions during that initial phase that they would have for example a simple question what is the difference between an llc and a corporation or how do i register a company in the us or how much tax do i pay in the irs what is in the us what is sales tax so i would go like from the beginning trying to remember what were my main concerns and questions when i was starting the business after that of course as we grew our marketing team and then more content team it goes a lot of research not only in what our customers are asking our customer service department and our sales team but trends for example right now amazon has a huge program of the global sally that they help companies from outside the us to sell in the us so we create a lot of con- content regarding amazon how someone from brazil can sell on amazon for example so we will be always looking for trends on specific niches because content about taxes, we have a bunch of. Now it's really more talking about how someone from abroad can benefit from that or how they can move their operation or grow their operation to, to, to the US. So it goes more from a technical side for more to a business, business content. Yeah, that makes sense. So you keep an eye out for, hey, what do we need to talk about and what's relevant and all that stuff. I love that. So have there been any like lessons learned? Hey, we've learned to avoid this or that or steer around this landmine. Any any frank advice you have for anyone out there thinking of doing similar? That's a good question. We took some time to learn who was our ideal customer profile. So for a long time, we were like all over the place. So we were trying to reach different markets, talk to different profiles of, of customers. So once we we were able to understand and to describe our ICP, that's when we started getting the best results from the contents that we were creating because we were able to talk directly to those that we can deliver more value. So one, I would say that one thing that it's really important that it took us some time to learn that is to have really clear who you can deliver the most value possible and then go for them. Something that I would not do is to pay too much attention in the competitors and try to mimic or to or use the same strategy they are they are using. Uh, the market that we are is huge. There's a space to everybody. So we don't have to, let's say, if a competitor is doing a lot of, talking a lot of e-commerce, Maybe I don't have to talk a lot of e-commerce. Let me talk about technology companies because something that they're not doing. So I would say that try to create your own strategy and not based on your competitors on what the marketing is talking at that time. That's something that has been really helpful for us too. I love that. Yeah, I think my own personal experience, when you look at the competitors, you're like, let's go do this, let's go do that. It's like chasing the wind or something. You're going to not have a cohesive strategy and you're going to be all over the place. and I feel like for us, we've just focused on our customers and providing value and solving problems. That's when, you know, we tend to do well and all that. Yeah, it's true. Another really good tool for our growth has been the referrals or the affiliates. 
So once you have someone in your customer base or in your relation base, we try to keep delivering value, continuous value for them through content too. Mm -hmm. Again, try to figure out what is the customer journey and how you can impact them doing that different parts of their journeys. Journey is really important. And that help, helps them to refer you to someone that may ask them about a similar service or something like this. So I think that the content, not just when you're trying to find the customer, but to keep to, to keep the customer active in your content cycles is really important too. Absolutely. How do you decide on platform? I know there's LinkedIn, YouTube, all various, your own website and blog and all this. So I imagine you're doing a little bit of everything, but how do you decide, okay, we're going to do stuff for this one, that one. Maybe there's one that's risen above the others. I'd love any insights on that. We did a lot of Facebook before 2019 and worked really well. Then we started moving more to Instagram. We didn't go to TikTok yet, but the marketing is always looking, of course, to the performance on the different media channels. We always, we focus a lot on the YouTube because YouTube brings a lot of value for us and for our customers. So YouTube, I would say that is our top priority. But then we have Instagram where we have a good presence too. There's something that we do provide content in three languages. So we have the Portuguese, Spanish, and English. So everything that we do have to think for three different markets, three different languages. What makes the process a little harder, of course. Yeah. But the marketing has been focused way more on Facebook and and now in, in Instagram on top of the YouTube. And then for my personal, for my personal, for the contents that I share, I feel more comfortable doing LinkedIn than Instagram. So in my case, I'll do LinkedIn because it's where I feel more comfortable, but there's nothing related to strategy on that. Absolutely. Very interesting. What's one thing you wish you would have known when you first became a CEO that you know now? How hard it would be to develop myself in front or ahead of our other team members. That's really important to develop myself faster than the teams developing because that way I can provide guidance for them to develop themselves too. Absolutely. And if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that advice be? Have patience. I would say that the journey is really, it, it's nice. We have to enjoy the, enjoy the journey, but things doesn't happen as fast as we expected. Love it. Can you describe a time when you had to pivot strategy? Like, like how did that go and how did you approach that? We did a lot of pivots in the process. Actually, yesterday I was talking to the team regarding testing. We have to test, figure out if it worked or not. If it didn't work, let's pivot, let's fix it. So I would say that the main change that we had in our company, it was when we started, when we decided to move from a service provider to a platform, to a technology. So by, by doing the pivot from a service to platform, it was, of course, really challenging. But that's what has allowed us to grow faster. And I would say that every time you're pivoting, you will be in an uncomfortable position because our team will start asking if that's the right decision or not. But if the team, if you have a good team and the team is squeezed, you can just try it and move on and then adapt and adjust the process as you build it. You don't have to have everything ready from the day one. You can definitely have the vision and then start building from there. I love that. And then as we're wrapping up here, 
Any advice for those out there listening? This Maybe it's your customers, your industry. Any last closing remarks? Being, being, from, being from Brazil, I've always wanted to do business in a global level. And nowadays, it's really important that all entrepreneurs understand that their competitors are not more local companies. They're global companies. So every time you think about a product and a service that can be deployed in a, a larger scale, even if it's a continent scale or a language scale. So for example, I can provide service to all Spanish speakers, not just to, maybe not to all over the world, but to everybody that speaks Spanish. You should go for that. With technology, internet, and so on, there's not, there, for the majority of the business, the physical borders are not as important as they, they were before. So every time you're doing something that can be done in a larger scale, you should definitely aim for that. Absolutely. It's been amazing to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Thank you very much, Brad, for the opportunity. Anything, always here to help you guys. Absolutely.